Hi Tom, good to see you again. Good to see you too, Alan. So for those that don't know you, could you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you do? Sure, yeah, Tom Baker. Um, I've been in talent acquisition for about 25 years, uh, leading all that for organisations, as well as affecting change across organisations, you know, a lot of it being around employer brand, technology strategies, amongst other things. So on, on that point of employer brand, it's a topic that I certainly want to know more about. Um, mm. An organisation starting from scratch who wants to get out and communicate their employer brand to the world for the purpose of clearly hiring better people. Yeah. Where should they start? I guess really it's you know, trying through an employer brand to create a distinctively uh, interesting and attractive place to work and then communicating that to the talent and skill sets of individuals that you actually need. So it has to align first and foremost to you know, the strategy of the business. What is it trying to achieve? Um, and then also from, from that sort of angle, it's about understanding what are the skills, talents, motivations required within that talent base to actually help the business achieve that strategy. So it must start with the future direction of, of the business. Um, but really then it has to start to look at you know, the motivations of its current employees um, and understanding where it is here and now versus what it wants to uh, project in the, in, in the future, both to its current but also potential employees of the company it wants to attract as well. How does um, EVP play into all this then? So EVP is, I don't know, my kind of description of it is like employer brand, sort of the, the, the entire experience of the meal, but the EVP is some of the key ingredients. Um, and it really comes down to a lot of people sort of say the give and the get, the sort of the real intrinsic piece is about you want to get those skills, motivations, talent, innovation from individuals. But the give is quite often can be very tangential, intangential. It can be, you know, the, the, the benefits, the opportunity, the innovation, the development, the training, um, sense of purpose of the organisation. Um, it's, a, it's a number of those attributes and, you know, facilitation of what the employee will get as being a part of the, you know, a, a strong, committed advocate of the, an, an employee of the company. What is it you're going to give them in order for them to feel committed to give you the skills and, uh, and, and you know, the, the horsepower within their skill set to, to help you achieve what you need? So it's your side of the deal, in essence. What are you giving them in for return for Indeed, it's, the, it's very talent. much. I think I, I, I was explaining to a chief exec of one of the uh, banks. He said, don't give me this HR speak. He said, I said, well, it's everything you do and say um, to keep and to attract people to your company um, in order for them to, you know, to be part of the valuable fabric of the organization. So assuming we kind of know what an EVP or employee value proposition is, mm. how does an organization go about defining their particular EVP? What are the kind of techniques you follow? Well, there's certainly, um, there's certainly elements that are fairly more sort of um, operational in terms of the, you know, the benefits and the, and the, and the, and the, the environment, the dyna dynamism of the workplace, the flexibility, the, the technology. But I think one of the key things about uh, uh, the EVP elements of understanding what is the attraction personas really. You're understanding the personas of the, of the, of the skill sets and talent that you want for the organisation. So, you know, it, it, as you know, Alan, it's probably very much become this sort of marketing pull uh, facet rather than the sales push of it. And like marketing, like they have consumer personas, you're having employee personas. What is the sort of backgrounds, the social, the desires, the ambitions, also the objections. What are the, what are the real red, red signs to some people that you need to be aware of in breaking down this talent skill sets into personas and therefore being able to sort of put the right sort of messages out to them through, through, through the EVP facets, as it were. So your EVP is the kind of overarching, this is what we offer all of our employees in essence and, and some loose culture that kind of 
reverberates across the organization, but you then go down yeah. to personas is where you get to a granular level. So how you target a salesperson is going to be different to how you target a techie and, and so on and so forth. That's right. And it's about being able to be sort of fairly granular, like a, like a consumer traits about what you want, but you've got to make sure that you're not misselling. It's got to, there's obviously good consistency in, across a, a macro mm. level, but at the micro level, the language you use, the, 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 the channels, the places that you actually talk to, the sorts of style of language and, and, and messages you're putting out, visual as well as written, has to sort of resonate with these groups and these personas, really. And um, I know there's not a one-stop shop answer to mm. every single organisation. Every organisation has its own idiosyncrasies and needs, desires, etc. Um, but once you've got to that point of defining your EVP and the personas that you, you want to target and how, potentially how you're going to talk to those yeah. individuals, what's the next step then to kind of activating that employer brand? I guess there's the piece about creating the, the employer brand framework and the creative and the narrative around it, but then actually activating it in the channels. And I say uh, channels is a bit of a broad term, but you know, there are a number, and obviously the, the innovation in technology, they've broadened in, in, in the recent decades. So the career site is certainly, uh, I think, a, a, a core channel that some people a bit flippantly say it's, oh, it's not as important. It is very important, actually. Is how it is curated and how it's presented is very different in, in, the, in the modern era. But the career site, the social media channels, um, having testimonial, having even finding the right sort of micro channels, specialist channels, whether it's Dribbble, GitHub, Stack Overflow, if you're looking at a technology sort of channels of, 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 uh, of engagement of your EVP, you need to understand the build-up of all these sort of major uh, facets to activating the employer brand. When you say that the career site is, is important, mm. why is that? Because it, there's, a, there's a kind of a, a, a place that where it comes together. Uh, we all know that um, those that are passive or active are are being approached in different sort of touching on the shoulder or even actively if you're in Google Jobs now, you're being served up, um, you know, uh, content and, and links that are paid or, or otherwise to, to, to your organization. The career site needs to sort of bring it alive, the EVP and the brand in its totality. It's a place where people want to sort of get a feel for the essence of the organization. <laughs> want to feel, actually want to see a lot more is the, is the word I should be using than read it because it's, uh, they want to see video. They want to see. They want to see individuals. They want to hear about what's the purpose and value of this company, uh, as well as what will I get if I go and work there. So it needs to sort of. It, it's a great place to actually bring it together, as well as being the right place to say, come and come and apply, come and work for us as well. And can a career, do you have to have the career site? Does it need to be perfect the day you launch, or can you build on it and grow and develop it over time? That's a good point. I think I think you kind of answer it in the question there. I think the, the, there's a more of a move towards look, you know, start with something. Uh, yes, it needs to be consistent, um, and there's two parts of that sort of brand about the corporate brand, and the maybe if you're offering consumer products or services, the consumer services brand. So you you've got to ensure that there isn't completely left field and contradictory. Um, but as long as it's that, how big or small it is, you start somewhere. Start with some some good key messages about what the organization's about, what it's trying to do, what's its purpose, um, as well as saying, this is, this is people who work here, this is the real us, because that's what a lot of potential uh, people considering working for your organization want to see, who, uh, what are they like? It, would it be fun? Will I learn? Will I grow? You know, that sort of thing. And some recruitment leaders say to me, look, we, we want to have an amazing career site. We want to really smash this employer mm. brand thing. We want everybody to see us as a destination, um, a career, um, that everybody will want the, the place to work, but they're not marketeers. 
<coughs> what can they leverage internally from other colleagues outside of the recruitment function to kind of help yeah. build what they need to build? I think it's definitely a, this world in the employer brand EVP and bringing it alive in a career site is usually bringing together of minds now of the marketing um, of HR leadership and also business leadership. The, the C-suite have really, it's, it's, it's cataclysmic if you're sort of putting out this wonderful digital virtual picture of your brand and, and the EVP components within that. Um, and then actually your leaders goes off and talks about something completely, <laughs> completely in, uh, at odds with that and, uh, and doesn't actually live the, in behavior or, or, or presentation, the purpose or values. It's completely adjunct to that. It's, it's going to have challenges. So there is, you know, uh, marketing, leadership, HR need to come together. There's a number of facets within this. What can organizations do around the elements of their employer brand that they can't control? So there's stuff that they push out yep. on the career side, and even to a certain extent, some of the social stuff that either them or their employees put out there. But then there's the stuff they can't control. Yes, I so think glass doors, you, I, you're, you're referring <coughs> to some some of these. You know, there there is. I guess it's like people actually say one of the best definitions of employer run. You know, I've probably both heard is about what people say about when you, when you're not in the room. That's the real mm. the real essence of it. I think you've got to be act with integrity, honesty, and transparency because I think treating your uh, potential your employees or your potential employees as uh, sort of fairly ignorant consumers is a big mistake. You know, people see through stuff pretty quickly. Um, and you have to be able to honest, uh, uh, you know, respond honestly. I know there's a lot of challenge around, you know, the um, crowdsource sort of feedback sort of environment that we're in. But if you're going to engage in it, engage in it properly, be prepared to respond to it, even if it's saying we haven't got this right yet, but we're working on it or we're um, uh, picking up on an individual level saying, actually, I'd like to take this offline and catch up with you. There's obviously a resource and a time component to that, but you know, if you're going to start to engage in these channels, be prepared to respond to it in the right way and not sort of just ignore it or just put bland messages out that people think you don't really care about it. So one of um, an organization's biggest strengths, of course, is their employees. Yep. But often, for the purposes of recruitment, they're not really utilized in the best way. What can organizations do to make the most of their, their colleagues in terms of using them as... Yeah, you're right, you know, you know, employee advocacy amongst your own employee, but especially you imagine the scale and the multiplication factor of a large organization is very powerful. I think it starts with actually having honest delivery to those employees through as, of your EVP. So if your EVP is working, people are sort of committed, they're, um, and, um, they're motivated, they're probably energized, and then they actually become advocates. And that's the piece you're referring to there, Alan, about how you actually operationalize that advocacy is, is because you should have really be including them, giving feedback and genuinely acting upon that feedback about their experience of various traits of the EVP. What, you know, you committed to great growth and development of me, but I've had no access to any learning or then you're failing on it. So actually by delivering on your own EVP promises is one part. And then there's obviously technologies and platforms by which you actually ask and engage and saying, look, you know, to be part of how you were as a potential employee, we, need, we, we want your honest engagement feedback and, um, and actually quite often a lot of it is, is, is engagement pre in that, the, the candidates in the talent pipeline with those individuals say, look, this is what it's good, bad, this is what I like, this is what you'll find, this is the real me, this is how I find it. So you can, through various tools, whether they be social media or, or, or um, uh, digital brand platforms, um, you can actually engage those employees with potential employees or um, or, or to actually talk to what the reality is um, 
And they see it as self-fulfilling because they want an engaging, happy place to be working in, and they don't want you know people coming to mess it up for them either. So mm. it, it becomes a bit of a um, a two-way two-way street in that regard. So if they're proud of where they work, they're quite happy to tell the world about it. It's advocacy. It all comes down to that. And actually, advocacy is one of the key uh, positive outcomes if you get your EVP right. If you're delivering on the EVP, you're delivering on the promises, delivering on not just um, uh, beneficial commercial ones, but you're delivering on the, we actually are creating innovation. We are creating dynamic workspace. We are actually investing in your development. People actually are prepared to talk about it in a positive light. So we talked earlier about career sites mm. and how they are important. What's the kind of minimum kind of criteria in terms of what your career site needs to include? What are people generally yeah. looking for? Um, I think they're looking for actually a little bit more visual interaction with it. Um, I think because they all have to be mobile, it has to be mobile responsive. Um, whilst there's still a, a lot of debate about how whether people actually take the final last step application, but I'll come to that in a second. It, it has to be uh, mobile responsive. It has to be clean. It has to be uh, visual. I think video content deli delivering uh, interesting video content, hearing from people. Um, uh, testimonials is quite a big thing, um, has to be within there. Talking to, some people just talk very lightly to the EVP, you know, they'll just have a sentence, it'll be, you know, their, their sort of core call to arms vision of their EVP. Some actually go into the details of these are all the benefits and things you can expect from us. Um, and of course, critically, it has to have that, um, that uh, call to arms, that commitment to apply for a job, and that has to be really, um, easy to use. People are still doing this great stuff and then going pinch and zoom because they've implemented an ATS front end that sticks in there and drop downs and pinch and zoom and screen and oh there's uh, oh 18 fields and I can't do this possibly <laughs> so um, so it really needs to be sort of fairly because uh, as you can measure um, as you need to sort of see whether this is working you can see nowadays through technology what is working what isn't working within your career site. For those organisations that are a bit hampered, maybe, maybe say, by a, a legacy applicant tracking system that doesn't do all the bells and whistles, or yeah. if it does, it doesn't do them in a very presentable way to the, to the end user, mm. uh, the applicant, um, what could people put in place that can act as a in between the ATS and the career site to serve jobs up in a nice way? Yeah, I think that is where we've seen the CRM solutions and the candidate engagement solutions that are out there are really starting to offer them more of what's the experiential engagement for you to be able to understand, discover, interact, and apply uh, in, in, to, in, that, in that sense. And, in, and engagement and serving up content that becomes quite personalized in it. And that's, you're almost like, as a sort of consumer, if you like, candidate going, this is what I'd like to hear about. This is what's intriguing me. And you're also measuring at the employer and you're saying, oh, this is where they're looking. This is what they're clicking on. This is what they're opening. This is what they're responding to. This is actually what they're feeding back on, likings, five-starring, et cetera. So you're starting to get sort of you know feedback as well in that process. So there are CRM tools out there that really help in this regard and are quite easy to sort of plug and play because yes, the interface between the old school ATSs and the and the new world of sort of you know digital engagement through brand and career sites is 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 is, is a problem that's being solved in lots of different ways right now. We um, we touched briefly on on measurement. Hmm. How does an organisation measure whether their employer brand strategy is actually working or not? number of different ways, and I think it's, it's useful because you've got to, I always come back and I'm quite vociferous about making sure you, you engage the current employees as well as the potential ones. So, you know, we, we know that there's 
well, in fact, moving away from the old-fashioned employee surveys, there's there's some quite immediate feedback that can be given through through various apps and through various social tools, whether it be Yammer or Salesforce or other, anything internally. You can actually give some real-time feedback. So you do need to collect collect that, and you can be more prescriptive and 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 granular with your own own employees. So you you can get that feedback from them. From others, uh, 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 you can, the tools and technology that are out there in the CRM. The most up-to-date ATSs that provide it, as well as some of the um, brand content technologies, is that you can actually measure quite an incredible amount of, as, as you're aware, uh, of, of of what's working and what's clicking and what's uh, pipeline fallout rates, what's not not being opened, and even down to the point as um, is is really helpful in the in the commercial investment side of things, in the pay pay-per-click sort of world of, um, if you like, uh, eyeball engagement is technology actually automatically direct your activity to the to the points of most effectiveness mm. they're actually measuring in real time you know uh, tools like click IQ etc can actually really do this um, so there's a there's an increasing amount of I guess machine learned technologies being implemented um, dashboards are prevalent you're measuring pipelines you're measuring candidate activities um, but you also you can get real-time feedback as well from from tools and technology that act on that feedback for you and, um, we talked briefly there about some of the technologies that can mm. help. Are you seeing organisations using chatbots more and more on career sites? They are, and I think actually, as f it, even funny seeing it within business about customers and consumers as well, because they are they're real logic trees in one in the, the basic sense that have 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 that um, opportunity to to give very immediate, quick. It feels like live interaction FAQ feedback on a number of key things that get people to the answers they want. And I've, uh, I'm sure as you have, I've seen a number of survey results saying actually, you know, the, 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 the satisfaction rates of dealing with chatbots is in the 70th, 80th percentile. People are quite happy to say, actually, I'll, I'll get through, if it gets me to the right place, if it answers those really questions I might feel a bit dumb about asking if I was actually in a live conversation with a empl potential employer, um, and gets you to sometimes even to the shortcut through some of the content I would like to look at another time get me to the to, to some quick answers very uh, very astutely so it is it is out there now actually starting to happen so what's the link between corporate brand and employee brand I think it's quite important because um, potential employee employees are they're buying into a brand they're not necessarily um, buying into a company per se so it's a there's a very a key link about how uh, employer brands are leveraging off the corporate brand or trying to influence it sometimes. Um, just recently, Universum published their quite you know, prestigious, about a quarter of a million survey graduates about the most attractive employer brands to work for. Um, and there's been some interesting changes in there. Um, and if you think about whilst, uh, interestingly, some of the banks have come back since the, the days of the 2008 crash because they still offer some of the biggest future potential earnings, one of the biggest EVP traits that's still amongst the top two or three, but their sense of purpose is changing as well. So one of the places I used to work for started this back back when I was there, Barclays, which went through huge brand damage, you know, through the whole libel scandal and things. But actually, if you look at any of the, and quite a lot of television advertising around um, uh, life skills or digital eagles about, they're actually putting a different sense of purpose out there. So they've built a completely different, we're not just here to make money out of retail customers, we're trying to actually educate and help people in their careers and actually re-educate a generation that digital banking's not been good for. So interesting. And similarly, in the other direction, um, like Facebook actually has fallen about 10 places out of the top 20. Um, 
you could say, given what happened last year with the whole Cambridge Analytica and data privacy breaches, they didn't deliver on their EVP, which is sort of um, connecting the world through every single one of us, and one of their key pillars of EVP being being open. Were they open with our data? So there's some interesting, and, it, and also to um, automotive sector, the, the Volvos, the Ford, the Daimlers, have moved up in the eyes of these business and technology graduates that they survey, a quarter of a million of them globally, because they're creating a sense of purpose around actually creating sustainable, um, you know, uh, transport, you know, the, the electric car, and actually interesting in that regard as well, actually driverless cars or the mm. Teslas, you know, the, uh, uh, creating, you know, the things that aren't going to harm the planet. It's, so there's some interesting connections between the purpose of the organization and the, and the corporate brand, actually what they stand for, how they behave as a corporate entity, like maybe a Facebook and the bank starting to turn around and, uh, and show a sense of purpose that's uh, slightly more beneficial than just getting paid well. So that's another reason for the two teams to keep close to each other and make sure the messaging isn't too divergent from the other. That's right, very much so. Although there's also a, there's always a piece about employer branding, but you're trying to be distinctive. Mm. And actually, if I think I looked at the Accenture, the Deloitte, the IBM, and the Microsoft, they all used the Im impact. They all used impact. So also, there's also a challenge about, yes, they are all being impactful, um, about the new world of digital change and, 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 and re recalibrating corporate organizations, but um, trying to be distinctive is also a bit of a challenge for some of them as well. So that's, that's a part of it. And I guess the best way of then doing that final bit of distinction is show your people, show who they are, because yeah. that's the real difference, isn't it? The actual individuals. That's it. it, it, it and you know, people actually connect with that on a, on, a, on, a, on a very personal level very, very easily. The purpose thing has become quite a big, big piece, I think. You know, what's the sense of purpose? Which it's difficult, you know, if you're a regulator organisation, or as I previously was, um, a, a tobacco organisation. You know, there's a, there's a bit mm. more of a diff difficult connection because you're regulated not to actually connect with your consumer products. So what is your sense of, per what is it you do and what is it you offer? So you have to connect with something else about your EVP, about the challenge of working there and, and the internationalisation of it and so on. So it really does need the, the, you know, the, the business strategy, the marketing and the HR to come together on these things. Fascinating. Thanks, Tom. You're Thank welcome. You time. Thanks, Appreciate Tom. it. Thanks very much. Cheers. You're welcome.